This is Groundswell Radio with Peter Williams, standing up against unworkable regulations and providing a strong advocacy voice for everyday Kiwis. Hello and welcome to Groundswell Radio. This week, a big feature interview on methane. Dr. Tom Sheehan is an American who's been in the country this week after appearing at last week's field days near Hamilton. His theme, methane, the irrelevant gas. Tom Sheehan is coming up shortly. Also this week, Daniel Murray, a man who runs a shearing operation out of Lawrence in Otago. But life in the shearing gangs is tough at the moment as more and more sheep farming land is lost to carbon farming. That's later in a moment, Tom Sheehan. Groundswell Radio is endorsed and supported with pride by Ocean Ridge, Kaikoura's premier place to be and live. Dr. Tom Sheehan is a physicist who's been in New Zealand speaking on methane. He was at Field Days and he's been on tour around the country this past week. If you haven't had a chance to hear him in your town, then we'll have a good long conversation with him today. Tom calls methane an irrelevant gas when it comes to its effect on the climate. That's what New Zealand farmers want to hear as the Labour government with a Green Party Minister for Climate Change want to tax farmers for the methane emissions produced by their animals. It has seemed a very, very unfair tax for a number of reasons. So let's explore a few of them with Tom Sheehan. Tom, thank you for joining us here on Groundswell Radio. Before we get into methane, can we just find out a little bit about you, about your your science background and your your study, your area of study, and whereabouts you've worked during your career? Because I understand you're retired now, eh? That is correct. I uh, uh, was at MIT in the 1960s and got a PhD in physics and then went to work for Bell Telephone Labs, which is one of America's premier research institutes. A little later, I worked for the National Bureau of Standards and then on for a number of uh, national labs, such as Argonne National Lab, uh, Oak Ridge, and um, eventually the National Renewable Energy Lab. And throughout, the thread that connected all my jobs was energy sciences, recognizing that energy is the core of an expanding and productive economy and trying to do the best we could to get energy efficiency. Efficiency is a big key to uh, ultimately making a buck on whatever you're trying to do. So that was the thread that united my work. So where did this interest in methane come from? Well, the whole climate area is um, one that has suffered a great deal of distortion. And um, in the uh, recent decade or so, I've been looking at the issues surrounding radiation and absorption of radiation by molecules in the air. So there are five greenhouse gases, which are H2O, water, CO2, CH4, methane, ozone, O3, and nitrous oxide, N2O. So it is definitely true that methane qualifies as a greenhouse gas because it does absorb infrared radiation. However, the point I've been making is that in the reality, the real circumstances of a real air, H2O, water vapor, dominates everything. And the importance of methane shrinks to zero when it's in an environment of real air containing water vapor, humidity, and so forth. And people have tended to overlook this as they have made plans. The UN's IPCC has been sadly inattentive to some of these key features about the importance of H2O and the weakness or unimportance of methane. 
So give us some percentages then. We know because it's drummed into us a lot of the time that CO2, carbon dioxide, is about 400 parts per million or just over about 420, I think, last time I looked, which is still 0.004 of the atmosphere. Where does methane come in compared to CO2 and compared to H2O, to water vapour? Give us the, uh, the percentages. Sure. Methane is 1.8 parts per million. Water, H2O, depending on the humidity today or tomorrow, is somewhere around 15,000 parts per million. So uh, H2O beats methane like 10,000 to 1 practically. CO2 is kind of in the, in the middle because CO2 at 400 parts per million is a significant contributor to the greenhouse effect. It's absolutely true that H2O and CO2 are the two gases that give you the greenhouse effect. So no one's dismissing CO2 because it's been there for billions of years. Uh, In fact, at one time, the Earth's atmosphere was predominantly CO2 and plant life flourished. But uh, over time, the uh, CO2 amount has dropped way, way down and oxygen has turned out to be a gas that's worth 20% of the atmosphere. So the important thing about H2O is that it absorbs infrared light in many, many bands across the infrared. CO2 has one big important band where it absorbs radiation. Methane has one little tiny band in one spot where it absorbs infrared, and that very spot is completely overlapped or swamped by water, H2O. So any... um, bit of radiation, a photon, that might be emitted from the Earth and and is in the wavelength range of methane is also in the wavelength range of H2O, which is 10,000 times more plentiful. And that tells you the story in a nutshell that uh, when you include H2O in your calculations, then you find out that methane disappears in importance. And that makes all the difference in the world. Um, but the problem, is a, the problem is, Tom, I understand that H2O, water vapour, is not included in a lot of calculations made by the scientists, particularly those at the IPCC, is it? That is exactly true. They got underway uh, 40 or 50 years ago, and at the time the reasoning was, well, our computers are reasonably strong, we can't do everything. We can't do anything about H2O. It doesn't matter what H2O is because we can't do anything about it, so we won't even include it and study it. And we'll only study other greenhouse gases, which we can get a handle on. Okay. Now, in the laboratory, the way you get a handle on any other greenhouse gas is you take ordinary air, you flow it over something called a desiccant, which is little pebbles that take out the water. So at the end of the first pipe, you've got dry air, which contains no H2O. And that is a laboratory gas. That is not real air. And then, whether it's IPC or anybody else, you go ahead and do calculations about this gas or that gas or the other gas, all with H2O missing. And then you get certain results. And you believe from those results that uh, this or that gas behaves in such and such a way. Trouble is, when you go back to real air, which is what the real atmosphere is made out of, you've got H2O in there again. So a calculation that's based on CO2 and methane and so forth that leaves out water is just plain mistaken. 
And when they tried to put in water by sort of patchwork after the facts, the uh, adjustments and corrections they made uh, didn't come out correct. And as a result, a lot of these big fancy computer models wind up giving you a very extravagant high predictions of the future temperatures when in reality the water in the air prevents this from taking place. So the thing I've been emphasizing is that methane, while it qualifies under the name greenhouse gas, doesn't matter. It doesn't contribute to the changing climate, which always changes, by the way, and it is therefore irrelevant. And if you then come along to somebody who says, hey, you've got sheep over there and cattle and we're emitting methane, truthfully, the answer is, so what? It's natural gas. The reason they call it natural gas is because it's all over the place. It comes and goes. There are rice paddies. There are um, swamps. There are all kinds of conditions under which natural gas, methane, CH4, is emitted and into our atmosphere. And it comes and goes, and it doesn't make any difference to the climate. So give us the numbers again then, Tom. Compare it to CO2. CO2 at 400 parts per million. How many parts per million again is methane in the atmosphere? 1.8. 200 times as much, a little over 200, 250 times as much carbon dioxide as methane. Yes, well, that's 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 a huge difference. That should tell the story. Yet, why is it that politicians, particularly politicians in this country, do you think, and I know you're visiting from the United States, uh, but it must be happening in other places around the world as well. Why do you think politicians now are attacking our ruminant animals, those which emit the methane from their, their mouth and from their bottoms? Why are they under so much attack in this country, do you think? Well, I can't really speak for any other country than the United States, but there is just a question of not having the scientific information correctly not having paid adequate attention to the scientists, not having done your due diligence or homework or something. When you're a politician, and I've worked for some in the U.S. Senate, you're really busy. You've got demands on you all day long. And all you can read is a one-pager that summarizes an issue. You can't read a 100-page report. And as a result, a lot of solid information, which is reported by the scientists at the IPCC, gets swept aside in the so-called summary for policymakers, followed by the highlights documents, followed by the synopsis, followed by the abstract, followed by the summary of the key points. And those boil-down steps leave your senator uh, or your member of parliament, whoever, with a very, very scant and superficial understanding. And the confusion over methane, because it seems like CO2, is what's at the heart of the effort to tax ruminant animals. So what do you make then of this so-called split gas approach that New Zealand wants to have? Is there any relevance, any point in that? Not really. Real air is a mixture of many gases, mostly nitrogen. Also, mostly, or at least substantially, oxygen. And then you're down in the dribbles. You got 1% of argon, you got about 1.5%, 2% of uh, water, depending on the humidity. And then, way, way down in the basement is CO2, and minuscule at the very, very bottom is methane. And if you can even find the methane, then there's N2O, nitrous oxide, which is about uh, one sixth as much as methane. So these little tiny. Uh, trace gases, honestly, they don't have any important influence on the atmosphere, on the climate, or anything that really matters. And people have basically not 
paid attention enough to the details of the science to the point where they can understand that. And it's a real shame. And I sympathize with the senator or the busy politician who's under pressure to do 100 things today, but they honestly need to sit down and read the back pages of the report and see what's on page 683 or page 1412. And when you do that and you find out what's really going on, you eventually come to the conclusion that, oh, methane isn't very important at all. And then, of course, in AR6, this sixth assessment report from the IPCC, uh, we've had this revelation uh, come to the fore in New Zealand in recent times with a, a former politician here by the name of Barry Brill pointing out that the IPCC itself in that AR6 on page 1016, I believe it is, has actually stated there in black and white that the, uh, the impact of methane on the climate has been overstated by three to four times for the best part of 30 years. So is this mm-hmm, right? this, yeah. the, this is another revelation which says that why should we be taxing our farmers for their methane emissions? It's just nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, I will. I, I know Barry, Bill, uh, Barry Brill. I've interacted with him by a lot of emails over the years. And I will just um, see him and raise the bid, not three or four, but 30 or 40. Really? Methane that much? absolutely goes away because of the dominance of water. H2O is the gas that drives the whole climate and everything. CO2 comes along for the ride, and the bit players are bit players with no importance. So the number that has been calculated that led to the exaggeration of methane 28 times worse than CO2 was a gigantic mistake, a terrible error, an error in arithmetic, a very low childish level, third, fourth grade arithmetic. And doing that has led an awful lot of people, notably led by the media and the reporters, down a primrose path that is totally erroneous. And uh, if I can do something to correct that problem while I'm here in New Zealand, I will have accomplished quite a bit. All right, Tom, we will continue this conversation in just a moment. This is Groundswell Radio. We're talking with Dr. Tom Sheehan on tour in New Zealand, talking about methane. We are back in a moment. Groundswell Radio is endorsed and supported with pride by Ocean Ridge, Kaikoura's premier place to be and live. Groundswell Radio with Peter Williams, bringing town and country together. Join us in supporting Groundswell New Zealand by visiting groundswellnz.co.nz. Experienced, reliable New Zealand scanners based in North Waikato, servicing from Northland to King Country. Visit Noble Campbell Livestock Services on Facebook or call Andrew on 027 316 3134. That's Andrew on 027-316-3134. Noble Campbell Livestock Services. 